Hello, everyone. Since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal. We do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. Robin, and today on Books That Burn, we are discussing Iron Widow by Zirin J. Zhao. I uh, love this one. Very excited. Uh, our factions, we have Wu Zetian, Li Shimin, and Gao Yiji. Um, so, uh, our first topic, we have forced alcoholism. Uh, it is technically an extremely minor spoiled spoiler that it is forced alcoholism and not just like one of the more normal ways. Uh, to <laughs> not a not an a alcoholic. Not a consensual, a consented to alcoholism. Not and to be clear, <laughs> the forced alcoholism—it's not like liked drinking alcohol. No, and this then is drink too much and is now alcoholic. This is was forced to drink alcohol in the first place. This is maybe like we should maybe maybe we should call it. It's not uh, personally afflicted alcoholism. Somebody else decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actively addicted him as a means of control because, um, because of the way that alcohol messes with mental processing combined with its addictive nature means that they could uh, make him they could make him do things he didn't otherwise want to do for the reward of getting alcohol which would help him not think about the stuff they made him do and also would chemically function as this addictive incentive i mean we should also say like we are not taking a stance because that's not what this podcast is about not because we don't have opinions on things being addictive yeah, we're not and... here to tell you you can't have alcohol <laughs> right we're not yeah. talking about body chemistry versus circumstance versus ex- like you know there there are people who you know are addict get addicted to things because it's better than just feeling terrible all the time there are people who struggle with 
using something because they need it and then their body wants more. Like, we're not talking about that. And we don't actually know which direction it goes here. And the story yeah. doesn't tell us. And I just wanted to be make that clear. Like, this is not <laughs> this is not that kind of discussion. Um, but we this, also in don't particular have his perspective on how it feels. Right. We don't um, actually know. Yeah, we never yeah. actually get his point of view. That's a good point. Uh, but this is this is quite literally he was strapped to a chair, liquid poured down his throat until he reached for it himself. Um, yeah, it's we don't actually we kind of see it on screen, but it's kind of a flashback, but it's not really a flashback because it's just a memory that somebody else is witnessing his memory. It's a little bit convoluted. So, again, we don't really get like his perspective, his point of view on it, even just that way, because even the emotions that we see the character experience are almost a feedback. So we don't even know how genuine or how accurate those are and how much it's our point of view character having a reaction to the thing that that they are seeing and like the the one thing that i think we can say about his state of mind about the addiction is that he is ashamed by his current state of addiction yes and it it has the the feeling of like he he's ashamed by his current state and like doesn't mentally or emotionally for most of the book like have the room to think about it as anything other than like him being addicted and yeah. doing all of this bad stuff yeah um, which means that when um that when Wu Zetian originally um is upset at him for being an alcoholic he just accepts that he doesn't push back at all <laughs> he doesn't he, fight he back at all it's like yeah. nope you're right i'm terrible um <laughs> well i mean to be fair the i'm terrible was about is death. about other things but no yeah. that that's a very i mean that's true and also he is put in circumstances deliberately where that is his only escape mechanism he is even allowed to have uh-huh so there's there's so many layers here that really just take away his agency to the point where even if he physically picks up a bottle with his own hand, you can't call it consent even a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even even his um much memed reading a book. Um, has that been memed? Oh, 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 yes. Oh, boy. Oh, yes, it has. Um, There are things where it was like, Watching Totoro the way uh, Lee Shimin <laughs> reads a book, like oh, that's that, funny. that kind of like, yeah, there, there, someone you know saying that they, I don't remember whether the original poster basically describing that they could watch the movie Totoro in their head had anything oh. to do with this book, but I think maybe huh. that predates this. But then I've, those yeah, two I've got, seen like, that connected together. Okay, right. <laughs> so then someone connected that with this um there's great memes the i am really loving how much (laughs) like great fan art and stuff there is with all of these characters and i normally don't care about fan art at all that's just not something that i care about but yeah Um, but it it has been nice to see because like it's one of the first ones where i can actually like figure out who everybody is and like i don't know it just it's great but back to the actual book and not what fans did with it yeah there 
even his one way of entertaining himself, he stares like at the flask, like the thing that they used mm. to keep him addicted in order to do his very um, ad hoc, uh, definitely not that they intended to provide it with any entertainment um, right. method of entertaining himself. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope a lot of things like I hope if this book had gone on longer without getting to the ending, I would have hoped that he could like get books again. But like, that's this is not a quest to like, no, this get is him the, more books. Yeah. But I just for him, I wanted him to have more books because, you know, care about that. But yeah, with 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 the alcoholism. He like, struggles with whether or not to have any more, and Wuzetian ends up um, drinking more alcohol than she perhaps ought to have in order to immediately remove that temptation when a person in power was like trying to. Yeah. It was it was definitely a power play of some kind. I don't know what that person like thought was going to happen in I, that moment. I think but, the power. But I don't. I don't the think alcohol. It's, I don't in front and being like, oh, don't worry, you can just have a little. Uh, I don't no, think like, the. In- I I would like to push back on. I don't think it started as a power play. I think it became a power play when she interfered so that he didn't drink any because it was not a power play at first it was hospitality Mm -hmm. and it was i'm the one providing the food and the drink because i'm the one with the power Mm -hmm. in the room and i'm you are my guest explicitly at my disposal true oh you don't want him to drink the food that i have graciously provided for you well now it's a power struggle Apologies if there are any small um, jingly sounds in the background. My cat uh, is determined to be part of the recording session. She has so many opinions about uh, Iron Widow. The first of which is to make sure that you know that um, this topic is a mid-book spoiler. Skip to the wrap-up if you don't want spoilers, because topic three also (laughs) will be a major spoiler. So we hit the heavy spoiler zone from here on out. Please skip to the wrap up if you don't want spoilers. But hey, if you've already read the book or you're not worried about spoilers, join us. We're in for some uh, great discussion. I was going to say fun times, but not fun I, times. I, explicitly, fun our times. podcast is not about fun times. We are not the fun time podcast. We are the so the books make you feel stuff <laughs> about bad things that happened to fictional people D- that uh, our podcast that is, summarized. Beautiful. Yes. I, I would like to to note that it's hard to pick a topic in this book that is mm-hmm. not explicitly just us talking about historical things referenced or mm-hmm. a spoiler. Like, yes, this book is great. This book has a lot of things that are very, like, just well displayed. And it's so difficult for us with the context of our podcast to choose a thing that we think is first off a worthwhile discussion in that it's not the same discussion every book we choose that's a consideration uh-huh. we take into for you all our audience uh but also just like 
there's a lot of spoilery trauma things in this book. Mm-hmm. We didn't even pick the most egregious ones, I think. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise, if we picked, we skipped over some that are more of a spoiler. If we picked literally the most egregious thing every time, we would be the gaslighting death and genocide podcast. Oh, I don't which... even mean I don't even mean every book. <laughs> I mean for this book specifically. Oh, yeah. Like there are a couple yes. of more major spoilers that we didn't mm-hmm. choose because. Yep. We were trying to. We have multiple considerations taken to into account, but like this is a very spoilery episode. <laughs> so, uh, as for this particular spoiler. Um, we are not going to get into a yang, a, any sort of extended discussion about yang, yin and yang. The important thing is, in this book, the yin seat, the uh, female seat, is used by the person in the yang seat, the male seat, um, in order... Basically, the seats are set up so that whoever is in the yin seat is, is the battery. made to have their energy used by the person in the yang seat... <laughs> And often, not always, but often, if the power imbalance is big enough, that will kill the person in the yin seat. And you'll notice I use the terms female and male for these seats because those are those are associated with yin and, yin and yang. But as it applies to this book specifically, they put boys in the yang seat and girls in the yin seat because society has decided that the girls are expendable and sacrificial and get killed by the boys they could have made the seats equal but they decided to rig it in this manner see it is important to note that like the in my head it is nicknamed the battery seat Mm, okay yeah they have the the person in that seat in the yin seat has the capacity to do things uh-huh. And and like there's we have a hashtag spoiler here that I'm not gonna talk about thing where um they can do stuff even without yes. the Yang seat's approval, but like structurally, functionally, it is supposed to be that they just sit there and are the battery that gets drained. And the problem is that when human batteries are drained, they die. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um and there's and a also- there's a lot of discussion of that and of how like characters the in a quote unquote balanced pair the the yin character the female character actually has to be stronger just to live yes and it's so ch- so much of an issue and they have a whole like in universe pr line about how girl spirits are easier to sense at lower pressures because <laughs> they're basically like lying about what the girl's numbers are because yeah. they're trying to have it they're reflecting the way it looks once it's filtered through the imbalance between the two seats rather than what it would be if the girl just got to sit in the yang seat. Right. Um also uh I I like the way that like it, it sets up these gender dynamics while also setting up that they are nonsensical and they don't actually they're not actually (laughs) helpful to the system that created them except for the purpose of perpetuating the awfulness of the system um it's very tidally conveyed yes in a way that i appreciate yes um especially doesn't require you to have you know a bunch of history about this world in order to understand what's going on and why this would be a problem when the main character is like, hey, this is going on and this is a problem. 
uh to to that point i just want to add on i really like with what you're saying and whether or not this is what you're actually referring to this is the thing that i think Mm of yeah uh our main character our main point of view character um uh zetan or zetian sorry um has very strong opinions about this being a bad system. <laughs> um, but we don't only know it's a bad system because she's decided it's a bad system. We get that it's a bad system because anytime she asks for a like functional, logical, non-terrible explanation, everybody around her who is invested in keeping the system goes, well, um, it's actually fine. And she's like, that's not actually a good answer and that's not helpful. And they're like, well, but you wouldn't understand. It's okay. And the people who are invested in other people actually not dying and, you know, falling over forever, um, they look at that and go, oh, you're right. <laughs> this makes no sense. And they might not know or have any power to do anything about it. But we get this trifecta of like main character calls it out. The people who are invested in perpetuating it try really, really hard to just pretend that this character is wrong. And like, not even in like a, I don't even want to call it a gaslighty way. I want to just call it like just a, well, I don't have a way of convincing you. So I'm just going to pretend that it's actually fine kind of way. And then the characters who we see as positive characters who do actually care about other people, they explicitly go, oh, yeah, that's awful. And so it's a very it conveys to the reader the message of how the author feels about it and how the uh, us as readers are supposed to feel about it very, very, very neatly, very cleanly, very easy for us to like, go, oh, OK, I see the thread here. Yeah, like because, you know, there are books where the protagonist isn't actually the good guy. Um this isn't one of those. Like this right. is one where, I mean, I mean, actually, you could argue about with that with uh, Lee Shimin, who is definitely a protagonist and also uh, complicated, um, but also a lot of the complication morally is because of how he was enmeshed in this brutal system. Um, you know, see topic one. So, um. I yeah I I like that it makes sure that we have a sense of how things line up between what the character says and what the people in power say and what the people not in power but tied into the system say um it sets up just like a lot of really really good dynamics because if you're going to have a system this evil you need to establish why anyone would be in the system perpetuating it. Hey, Robin. Yeah? I have a fun new thing that I think we might even be able to add into our wrap-up for books, and I would like to just Mm. introduce the name here. Okay. And then we will decide how you think about it after. Sure. Uh, I want to call it Reader Morality. And it is how clearly does the author set up how the reader is supposed to feel about things that are happening. I don't think I, I, I feel like the term reader morality implies something slightly more dogmatic than I'm comfortable with, but I'm good with the general suggestion. And yes, we should do that in okay, some cool. capacity. It's a, it is a off the top of my head, my brain nicknamed it this name. So like, I'm not 
like connected to the name. Yeah. Yeah, I would think it more of a, like a um trying to also keep it from being are multiple you words. to a- agree with the protagonist and we will No, 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 no. I explicitly no, don't sorry. want it to be that. That's not what I'm okay. offering. Oh, okay. We, we are not supposed to agree with the protagonist. Things. That is not this yeah. this thing. Okay. We will talk um more in between yes. recording bits and hopefully you'll get the debut of this is a metric in this wrap up. Uh you'll you know stay tuned go to the wrap up if you want to know <laughs> which way this went. Um but yeah, I yes. We should do the thing. Um yeah, I I like the way that it that the author made sure that like we know where the main character is in relation to the system. We know to the degree to which she's bought into the system previously, like even like her original solution yeah. for what to do about it is buying into the system in a way. It's seeing certain parts of it as inevitable because of her relative state of powerlessness at that point. They do feel inevitable. And then when she gets a way to skirt their inevitability, that's where the real plot kicks off, and it's great. Um, so. On to our third topic, which is invasion. Um, if you... Okay, this entire topic is a major plot spoiler. Skip to the wrap-up if you don't want that. Just... And, all right. And we should... Everybody, I just everybody wanna, who stayed is cool with spoilers? Well, cool. quick notation Good. to that. Sp- plot, mm-hmm. Major plot spoiler in the second half of the book. It's not just uh-huh. a thing that's a big twist in the beginning. Not, big, yeah. giant spoiler. If you want this book unspoiled in any way, shape, or form, skip. Like, if you listened to topic two and you were like, oh, I'm cool with that level of spoiler, this, this is, is more. more than that. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot. All right. Now it's only us people who read <laughs> the book and or don't care about spoilers. We're the Everyone only has consented. Ready, go. Great. Cool. Okay. So, <gasps> it's not actually the human's planet. They are the invaders, which is <gasps> great. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. I love it. It's a great move. Um, it explains a whole bunch of little in- things that felt like inconsistencies throughout the book where you're like, well, why are the Hundons so good at making the chrysalis as if they're, it's their planet. That's why I, like, I want to say evolved or whatever for to to be the ones who can do that thing, because it's just the thing that they do on their native planet. Can um, I just say mm-hmm. this particular plot twist made me uh-huh. feel so vindicated Yes. Because starting about a third of the way through the book, I was like, this this isn't right. We're missing oh, something. Yeah. And it's either their planet or they're fighting for mutual space and somebody broke a treaty. And yeah, so then I, I got actually, to the end. It was like, yes, good. <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, nice. I, I guessed like not their planet. And the reason actually was two things. Because there's the thing of like, oh, the Hunden walk in a way that disturb the trees as little as possible. I wonder why <laughs> we, the humans, don't do that if it's our planet. That's kind of weird. So there was that, um, which is a, a lovely little moment uh, in the narration. And then also that 
they the like gods give them gifts when they like give enough of the stuff but it's like very like it's a very like transactional vending machine in the sky who also demands tributes <laughs> style of, yeah. of deity and it was like ah yes we have these are we're not calling these iPads but these sure sound like iPads <laughs> um and all this great technology but also you only can get it if you have pleased the gods orbiting the planet enough and so that does sound like the mother spaceship huh yeah so like either something massive happened to get all of to get the most technologically advanced people off the planet as like strange not actually very benevolent overlords and then also some aliens invaded or <laughs> they they didn't start out here so um, i i actually uh after reading about two-thirds of the way through it uh i recommended this book to a friend my general rule is even if i love a book incredibly much b- even before reading it just the concept of it i never recommend something that i haven't physically read and I don't know the person or what they are looking for well enough to recommend it. And so I got there and I, I was I was explaining what the book was without trying to spoil anything. And my friend goes, oh, OK, so it's it's kind of um, it's kind of a speci- it's almost a Pacific Rim. And I was like, mm, no, but I didn't have the re- I didn't have the- I had a hunch, but I didn't I couldn't really confirm that until I got to the end. And then I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is literally not that story. <laughs> Though, interestingly, that is one of the comp titles. Oh, that's great, actually. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale meets Pacific Rim is the, like, uh, I, I said Hunger Games meets Pacific Rim. I said Hunger Games meets Pacific Rim when I was trying to explain why it wasn't Pacific Rim. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't actually know anything about Pacific Rim. So that's fair. I, yeah, that's the extent of my ability to contribute to that thought. <laughs> Uh, is yeah. that the people marketing the book definitely thought definitely that was a good thought, comparison. Yeah. Also, that's clever, especially if it implies something that avoids the ending spoiler. That actually seems like a good move. Yeah, um, right? From a marketing standpoint. Uh, anyway, we are not the marketing advice podcast. Because no. <laughs> I would be bad at that. Um, but with this, they're the invaders. And it the like for the character... First of all, like it's like what we've talked about just now is like how well the author like seeded that in. So it doesn't it feels like a revelation and not like a sudden detour. Like even if you started to guess beforehand, you're guessing because the clues are there, which is the best way to guess it early. Right. Which is Um, which is the thing that I I wanted to highlight here that like this is a huge like plot ending spoiler. Mm hmm. All this is not a this is not the bait and switch that bad movie producers do when they get upset that fans are figuring it out. This is like good grounded world building that is consistent and makes sense and doesn't give the characters reason to question it until the end. It's just so it's so good. And it's the the thing about this is like this happens like right at the end, like literally right at the end. We get confirmation of this. And we don't really have the character reactions yet. We can't really talk about that. But like, think about that concept of like, 
you think that you you've been taught your whole life that this is your planet and then you find out actually no (laughs) no you're the problem you're the invader what do you do how do you feel and and like i i really hope that i mean i assume it will be from everything i've seen about with from this author but like i hope that like book two is just like shock and horror for two chapters (laughs) as people scramble to like figure out what this even is Mm -hmm. i was just thinking about how like how well it's it's laid but also where it doesn't make sense for the characters to jump to this answer exactly earlier than they do and my i have a good um example um it's like how all the clues were technically there for Truman in the Truman Show, but unless you're literally Truman in the Truman Show, it would be <laughs> very illogical to jump to that as the explanation for what is going on. Right. It's it's the it's, the you got to keep your keep your fits. your solution simple, and if that thing doesn't make sense and is not the easiest answer, like reaching for it is such a leap for the person in the situation. Hmm. Yes. Definitely. Um, so this, like, once um, she figures this out, like, at the very end, or f- I should say finds out, because I don't think she's the one who, she gets told it at the very end, um, Wuzitin is told, um, that this wasn't actually their planet. Uh, it emotion like, we don't have, a, we don't spend a long time with her before the book ends, like, because it's basically the last thing that happens. But, like, emotionally, it upends, like, the concept of what she's even been doing. Because, Mm -hmm. like, she was in, you know, we've talked about this, like, you know, uh, misogyny death machine that she's been in. And, like, she knew that this army was, like, really, really bad for women and somehow determined to just, like, use them up as much as possible. But she thought that they were at least doing this good thing through, like, a bad method. Right. And then at the very end, she finds out that they're doing a bad thing with a bad method. And it just, uh, I, I suspect that, you know, the sequel will hopefully deal with like, I don't know, like some of her uh, thoughts about, you know, how, you know, she thought she was, you know, valiantly defending, you know, in doing all the stuff in the Vermilion Bird or whatever. But like, if it was actually a bad thing for her to do all that, that's going to be a big deal. And again, I say going to be because while it has to emotionally upend her entire concept of what she's been doing, we don't get much more than like the instant of that turmoil as she finds out. Um, so any processing will have to happen in the sequel just because of the the timing and the narrative. Yeah. It's really well done. And also it, what it means for um, the the oh my goodness for the Hunden is that they mm-hmm. they're they are defending their home. These are their forests. They're not um, they're not Wuzetians. Like you know, she's been part of this invasion, and that just I'm so pleased with it as as a twist. Yeah. It's great. Man, that movie was excellent. It really was. Totally blew my expectations away. 
I know, right? Now I really want to tell everyone about it. But I'm not sure how. Yeah. If only there was a podcast dedicated to reviewing films and discussing the latest news and trailers on upcoming films. That would be nice. Yes, for sure. And we can call it The Senegai Show. <laughs> what? No. It will be called Real Movie Critic Unleashed. Uh, no. How about Senegai featuring Real Movie Critic? Uh, how about the Real Movie Critic and his sidekick, the Senegai? CG and RMC. RMC and CG! The Real Movie Critic versus the Senegai. Only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going down, Critic. Bring it on, guy. On to the wrap-up and ratings. Uh, And if you listened to our earlier sections, you heard us uh, float the idea of one additional rating. We are pleased to announce that we are going to include that rating. And we figured out what we're calling it and everything. So stay tuned for that a little bit later in this section. For our gratuity rating. For the forced alcoholism, uh, backstory, off-screen, mild, moderate, or severe. Uh, Um, Backstory slash severe? Yeah, I'm going to say severe (laughs) and has been happening for a long time. Well, but we we see the the thing that is the thing that's on screen, so I, yeah. It's weird because it's backstory, but we do witness it. Yeah, I think pure backstory is going to be, we're just told, hey, oh, by it, the way, it's that not, was a thing. I'm not arguing pure backstory. I'm just sure, saying sure. it's weird because it's backstory, but we do see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's severe. The death machine uh, is uh, severe. Uh, de- it's yeah. either moderate. Uh, yeah. Well, a moderate. Actually, it's it's moderate. Um, because we we spend most of the time not having the literal death machine thing happen. I think that's a like, care thing, though. True. It's a severe trauma, but care is taken, and we'll get to that. Yeah, so it, at minimum, it's moderate. It might be severe. Your mileage may vary. Um, it's somewhere in between those two i mean we like i don't think anyone actually dies oh well i was gonna say we we canonically we canonically list pretty much every death as severe unless we literally never know the character as a person i would say that the descriptions of this and the the trauma that the characters go through because of the thing happening previously Mm, okay like this is yeah. not just an abstract. Like we literally see the repercussions of it on people who yeah, are still like alive. Yeah, like some of Leishman's um, yeah. reactions. Okay. Yes. And you know the even the inciting incident is this death machine gone awry, but it's still part of the giant complex of right. stuff. Right. 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 So okay, I'm good with severe. Um, again, some of it is backstory because it has been going on for so long. Um, right, but it is but it is very present in the modern. It's not a thing we are looking back on or that we are noting. Right. It's just we don't have an exciting incident that we witness. It's just happening still. 
Right. Okay. The invasion. Um, I'm going to also say uh, severe. I'm going to say this is going to be weird because we're going to label it severe and then... <laughs> I don't know. Well, we might have a the, different opinion. The battle central we, to we don't want to talk the about it. <laughs> central to the evasion topic are most of the main plot of the book. Or I'm going to cut that because it. that's a spoiler. Hmm. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. So, why this trauma? Forced alcoholism. Integral, integral, interchangeable, or irrelevant. I think it's interchangeable in the sense that alcohol is only one kind of substance you can use to control someone. And you don't even necessarily need a substance, so this is definitely true. interchangeable. Yes. Not only is it not the only substance, it didn't have to be a substance. Um, but I do think... the I mean, the control yeah. was necessary for it to be the same story, so it's not irrelevant. Right. Yeah. The control is necessary for the more relational aspects because without that catalyst, it then wouldn't make as much sense for certain relationship things to develop. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even um, plot-wise, the control is there. Oh, yes. Death machine. Integral? Integral. Integral. Oh, it's the point. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, the invasion. Integral. I'm integral yeah <laughs> yeah it is which is weird but it is um yeah okay treated with care the alcoholism um i'm gonna say i think either not enough or no i was gonna say not enough because part of the point is that it's awful but also yeah. it's not like, if they're not wallowing in it as a topic, it's like, it's there, it's extremely present, it is, you know, severe or graphic in some really specific moments exactly as much as it needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also one that, like, the the way it's done, it, it, it once it decides that this is the scene with that, it doesn't hold back. And I think that that's what makes it not enough care yeah i mean and it is also worth yeah. pointing out that like our point of view character is not the one experiencing it that also this gives it that layer that goes from not a from no to not enough like right. if we were watching that particular character go through it that would just be no right if we had the like same framing and the something. same scenes and the same everything but mm -hmm. yeah definitely just not enough um yeah death machine um i think actually there's care there's there, a lot there of care. Is care i'm trying for, I'm... for a machine for a thing that canonically kills so many people for yeah. there to be so few deaths specifically I mean, on screen there is yeah. some care involved but i'm not gonna say outright yes but I, I was actually think... thinking outright yes oh you would do think outright yes i think outright okay. yes because we know that those things exist and we get the details of the thing but it's not the people that we are following and that we as readers have an emotional connection to. Mm, like even the inciting incident is backstory. The inciting... From, uh, from the main character's perspective. The, the sister. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you're not talking. Wait, what? The alcoholism? No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Yes, no, no. That, that is backstory. And also, the on-screen one that we see is a triumphant moment without a lot of gruesome details that could have been in there. And there's no proof of death, yes. etc. It's just triumph. And we just get the good positive part and not the gross bad part. So... I'm, I think it's just a straight up yes for the topic that it is. I think okay. that if there was any more care taken, then we would be kind of this weird like, well, death exists, children. And like, that's not what's happening. Yeah, that's not what's happening. Okay. I, no, I'm good with yes. Um, And then the invasion. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> a lot of care. Yes. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, uh, okay. So our, our brand new rating... Um, we have how clear is the moral directionality. And what that means is that, Nicole, do you want to explain? Yeah. You're the one who this came up my, with this rating. my brainchild. Um, moral directionality is how clear is the author on what point of view is the correct one and is the the one we are supposed to empathize with and agree with and care about them reaching their goals maybe or maybe not but we just we agree with their actions um and we will have some books where it's like ah this is the character we're rooting for the entire time we'll have other books where everybody has a good point and anywhere in between those are our, those are our two extremes and we might have some where it's like we're rooting for a particular side instead of a particular person that's okay that still goes on the clear side of the of the system um so <laughs> uh what did what did we say our our three you had good wording for the three yeah um, um so we have clear muddy and then uh tangled so clear would be we have like one direction from which like we like you know this person has the ideas that makes sense and how we'll judge what we think the author thinks we ought to agree with since we are not mind readers would be something like how much does like the way the the, the moral universe of the book the way the consequences do or don't align with what's going on with that character like how much does the world of the book reinforce that that character was right well and also like we we can we're also going to take into to effect like for example this book uh yeah. where the the like universal consequences reinforce that the character is wrong but if uh -huh. our character calls out and says hey that's wrong and we are not given an actual concrete reason for the thing the way that it is and i don't mean an excuse i mean like yeah we don't have a better reason. way xyz here's why like if our character gets the the literal runaround in the conversation like this book <laughs> or uh -huh. you know the characters that we are we are clearly given to root for if they understand the problem whether or not they can fix it that kind of that kind of a thing is what we are also looking for so on the tangled end we might have books where everybody is right and we also might have books where everybody is wrong and they're both going to kind of end on that way on the more clear end we're going to have books where one person or one side is making decisions that the author is reinforcing from everybody else either agreeing or again like robin said the laws of the the universe in the book kind of reinforcing that that character is right or 
that character there is a character or a side who is actively calling out injustices and then they can't get a good reason for why those things are right or they are told to ignore it or forget about it and they're trying to be silenced so so clear we're gonna get both of those on the clear end (laughs) so to be succinct so clear would be there's mainly one direction and most of that like directionality of like for the morality in this in this universe is is most of most of that is coming from one side muddy would be like i don't know man there's a lot going on this is like (laughs) yeah maybe even confusing but doesn't have to be in a bad way but just there's like a lot there's just a lot of things happening yeah or or people are not explaining maybe if people are just doing Mm -hmm. stuff that's muddy and then tangled would be that a lot of people have a lot of pieces of what maybe is the right thing to do and there maybe isn't one direction that any like no yeah. one side or character fits with the direction for like what is good or moral in the universe or if there even is a yeah, direction say, that say, or, is implied or, to be good or it might be that everybody is very clearly wrong yes, that is the other one be, where we could yeah. get tangled if everybody Everyone is bad is, that's tangled. everybody is running against you know the directionality the of it mm-hmm. yes so uh we hope that rating makes any kind of sense and we hope we're it's helpful use it. <laughs> yes so um the moral directionality in here i would say it it's pretty clear so it's it's not muddy like it's definitely <laughs> no. clear it's definitely clear. um it's clear and it's e- even, like especially in things dare where I, when dare i say it's even out- concise mm-hmm. we don't yep. have really any like cohesive pushback to the thing that, and, and that i would say that there with. there is one thing where we think one thing is going on and it turns out something else is going on but when we find that out it is a clear switch it is a yeah oh my goodness we were wrong and it's not oh no now what do <laughs> i even what should i even think now it's oh we were wrong and like the, it's like it's flip switch flipped i'm gonna even say that the switch flip clears up the last remaining bit of moral ambiguity uh-huh. in our main character yes <laughs> and it clears it up for that character mm-hmm. not just for the audience so like this is an incredibly clear book on this scale yes uh i think this is the first rating where we're not doing it like per topic because we don't want to do it per topic we were talking about as a whole of a concept of the book (laughs) yeah generally speaking there are there's a clear directionality and it feels very like clean and aligned and it doesn't seem ambiguous about by the end it doesn't seem ambiguous I mean, about who you should think is in the right or in the wrong about it, a variety of topics. Even in the middle, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, oh, so I'm saying still by the clear. end, it is all cleared up. Oh, by but the it, end, by the end, any last shred of, am I supposed to done? You know, you know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, point um, of view. Okay, I mean, it's all it's all Wusitian. Um, yeah. <laughs> We have one main character. Um, yes. One main character. Well, one point of view character. We have three main characters. And she is uh, refreshingly blunt. 
Oh my goodness. It's just, mm, I, I love reading her narration. Anyway, um, for trope spotter, the trope for this book that we're highlighting is arc words. It's where you have some kind of like reoccurring important phrase that, you know, becomes like a shortcut for thinking about a thing, you know, like a slogan, but you know, if you were in a book. <laughs> um, and so in this case, the arc words are be their nightmare, which is <laughs> oh, very so good. good. It's amazing. All right. What was your favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? Um, mm, hmm. <laughs> Does it have to be non- I'm going to keep saying that. I don't know. Does it, ha- it has to be non-traumatic. <laughs> That's the whole point of this rating. I know, but it's hard because the things that are so, that feel so relatable to me and functional are always the bad ones. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you go first. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, I like the descriptions of the the Mecca. Okay. Okay. Like, I mean, I can't picture things based on descriptions. So when I say I like the descriptions, I'm being pretty literal. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're described in a way where, like, I could appreciate it. And it made sense and it implied things about form and function in some like really cool ways. Um, um, okay, here's a here's a non-traumatic thing. I really appreciate how our three main characters relate to each other. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I really like just like even even just even just little things like all of them making act active effort to if I'm not gonna be your friend initially, I'm not gonna talk to you, I'm gonna respect your space. And we just won't interact. And nobody pushing boundaries because the state literally orders them to, etc. Like, oh, oh yeah. You know, um, just purely yes. just respecting each other in their interactions and in the way they talk to each other and in the decisions that they make. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's cool, especially in a world where the entire society of the book is set up where that does not happen between people as individuals. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this discussion of Iron Widow by uh, Ziran J. Zhao. And we will catch you in a fortnight. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. Our transcriptionist is Heather. Follow her on Twitter at MamaDragon20. We're proud members of the Certain Point of View Network. Find all the CPOV shows at www.certainpov.com. You can contact us on Twitter at Books That Burn or by email at Books That Burn at Yahoo.com. Please consider leaving us a tip at Kofi.com slash Books That Burn or becoming a monthly supporter on Patreon.com slash books that burn all patrons get access to our upcoming book list bonus content including the second half of all interviews and will receive a one-time shout out 
To get updates on our written reviews, recent episodes, and newly completed transcripts, subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter at buttondown.email slash books that burn. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review wherever you're listening. This helps people to find the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.